Gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Get your popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. The Bears angst in general. Everybody's like angry about it, I feel like. Just relax. From The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. This is just how it is. It's a range of emotions. It's a range of feelings and hot takes. Here they are. Fiery, feisty, and frequently ill. The Adams, Hogan Johns. 16 and 0, my friend. Book it. <laughs> Super Bowls for Bears? Uh, no, I already did that last year. You did. Didn't work, out. Did. Didn't work did. out so well. You know, some people aren't going to let you live that down. That's okay. Until they do it. Some people take predictions way too seriously. It's true. So here's a prediction episode as we look at the Chicago Bears 2020 <laughs> <laughs> schedule, which is officially out. And quite frankly, it looks like a normal schedule. I mean, so much for the COVID-19 contingency plans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Football will be played, everybody. I don't know if you'll be in the stands, but football games are scheduled. And to, to be honest with you, Adam, I don't see... Other than maybe an alarming rise in coronavirus cases, I, I think the NFL is fully intending and having their season in some capacity, sticking with this schedule. Yeah, I think the schedule uh, reflects that as as well. And you know the advantage that there, and I'm kind of dealing with this on the Major League Baseball side, which is already talking about getting together for spring training 2.0 on June 10th, which is a month from now. Okay, we're talking about September with the NFL. And sure, there's, I mean, there's preseason games scheduled in August. Uh, training camp, theoretically, should start uh, in late July. That kind of stuff may be on hold a little bit. But, you know, the NFL is going to have the advantage of watching what happens with Major League Baseball, with the NBA attempting to come back and play their playoffs and whatever happens with the NHL. So, you know, I, I think... John's, I, I know for a fact, talking to some sources, there were discussions about you know front-loading the schedule with the AFC-NFC crossover games. Some people reported that. Uh, there was some truth to that because it was discussed. But ultimately, you know, they had a number of different options, as they always do. These schedule makers have an incredibly hard job dodging all the different, even in non-pandemic years, dodging all the conflicts that teams have with other teams in their city. Uh, and ultimately, I think that the NFL just said, hey, look, let's just schedule this the, the way we normally would and uh, see what happens because no one really knows. Yeah, I don't want to make it sound like I'm not taking the pandemic seriously. I, I think everybody should, if not more so. But you're right, Adam. The NFL has time on its side, unlike these other leagues who had to halt everything in the, the late stages of their season. I mean, we should be in the middle of the NHL and NBA playoffs right now, but we're, we're just not because of this pandemic. But the NFL has months, weeks, plenty of time to figure this out. And, and let's be honest, there's probably going to be a training camp without any fans. 
They'll bar all the fans from that. I understand that. You could probably even cancel a couple preseason games. I'm sure Matt and Nagy will jump for joy with that. But they have time before the first, what is it, the second weekend of September? You have plenty of time to get things in order, to hope for the best for the NFL to start on time. And uh, I should mention there are, I made it sound like there's no contingency plans. I just don't think they're as obvious as maybe we thought. There are some built in here um, that uh, were talked about tonight as the schedule came out. One of them is that the week two opponents, they all share the same bye week. So that gives you know, an opportunity to move the week two games back if that needs to be. I don't know why they pick week two specifically instead of week one. Um, but uh, apparently any of the early weeks could just be pushed back to after week 17 if they need to be. And then, you know, they're already talking to Tampa about contingency plans for the Super Bowl if they have to move it back. That's a huge endeavor to do because the Super Bowl takes over your entire city. And, and that's For a, a week. Big, it's, it's not yeah. just one game. It's an entire week-long football celebration full of parties and all sorts of programming. That's ultimately what will determine if games get chopped off. You know, if they can keep pushing games back because they can keep pushing the Super Bowl back, they will do so. Um, but that's that's kind of the contingency plans that are built in here. But the point is that they're not that obvious. There's not a ton of them. Um, and, and I think that... While every while you definitely should be taking this seriously, you know the NFL clearly, since they decided to go ahead with free agency and go ahead with their draft, they're saying, "Hey, look, we're going to stick to our schedule, and we're going to figure it out." And you know what? They did with the draft. The draft worked out great. So uh, I don't know if there's going to be fans in the stands week one at Ford Field. I right now would guess there there won't be. Maybe that's a small advantage to the Bears, even though there's plenty of Bears fans that get into Ford Field. John's it's still a loud stadium at times. It is a dome, uh, so maybe for one week that's an advantage for the Bears. But I'm sure Giants fans are saying the same thing about Week Two in Chicago. If there are no fans at Soldier Field, and even if you know what fans are allowed into Ford Field for Week One, and they have to have some certain. Restrictions. I mean, Lions fans are used to wearing bags on their heads anyway, so they should have no problem wearing masks to a football game if they have to. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's I'm okay to joke one. about, but if, if, if I liked it, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a clever good. one. I know. I yeah. know. I'll see myself uh, out. <laughs> All right. Should we go through the schedule? Sure. All right. 16-0 is the only correct answer here, by the way. Uh, week one. <laughs> At Detroit, we mentioned this. You know, these Lions games on the road, I always consider to be a 50-50 chance. You know, the Bears have had plenty of success, uh, uh, success against the Lions in, in recent years. Um, they have a, Don't they have a long streak against the Lions at home? But on the road, I kind of consider this a 50-50 coin flip, to be honest with you. I'm picking the Bears. Um, I have... Like week ones are, are, I don't know, they're, they're wonky a, a little bit, right? Because sometimes you'll see a team just come out and completely dominate the opposition, and then that team finishes four and twelve or, or three and thirteen. They're they're just not that good. And wasn't it a couple of years ago with like the Saints got blown out on week one by the, by the Buccaneers? Is that right? I I could be making that up in my mind, but yeah, no, that happened. Yeah, you you have games like that, but you're right. You know, having a, a familiar opponent. I think help, helps the Bears in this case. 
if Chase Daniel can go into Ford Field and win, I think uh, Nick Foles can go into a Ford Field and win. So give me the Bears week one victory at Detroit in, in Ford Field, maybe with some fans with some bags on their heads. <laughs> uh, I don't mean to be a cop-out, but I don't like to do these. I, I guess I have to. I'll do it game by game. I, you, you know me. I usually like to do this in clusters of four, you know. Um, so I will say the Bears lose the opener against the Lions. Panic in Chicago. Oh, and one. Sixteen and old prediction. Yeah. Oh man. Whoops. Okay. I guess I made a mistake there. Uh, sixteen and oh. No. Not likely. Uh, week two, New York Giants come to Chicago. Another noon game. Lots of noon games early. Um, the Giants are not a great football team. They do, however, have Saquon Barkley. Uh, they did beat the Bears a couple years ago. And they have a new coach named Joe Judge, who I like. I like that hire. But I'm going to go Bears here at home. Yeah, yeah. I think it could be another long day for uh, Daniel Jones, who, who I think is, is you know, some of the criticism he gets isn't fair. You know, young guys have to be given time to, to, to get through their lumps and, and whatnot. You know, eventually it all ends, like we're seeing here in Chicago. But in this case, give me the Bears defense against the young quarterback all day. All right, so you have them 2-0 oh at this point. I got them going 1-1. One and one. And then week three, their first trip to Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Uh, I feel like the Falcons could be like the, the surprise team of the NFL this year. Am I wrong in, in, in thinking that? Like they're, they're not too far removed from that Super Bowl. They're, they're not too far removed from being, you know, one of the better teams every year in, in the NFL. Maybe I'm being a little, a little bit over, overly optimistic here. What do you think? No, uh, I had them relative, I don't know about super high in my power rankings I did this week, but I, I mentioned in there, you know, I, I think people forget the Falcons finished the season six and two last year in the second half of the season. They went six and two. And uh, that, that may have saved Dan Quinn's job. Now, whether or not they can keep that going into 2020, I don't know, but I do kind of view them as somewhat of a sleeper uh, this season. And I don't think it's easy to go in there again, though. It, it is interesting. Now that Atlanta stadium opens up, but technically can be a dome too. So you got two dome potential dome games early in the season. If there are no fans, I guess I'm going to go. I guess I'll, I'm going to go with the bears here to win this game though. I don't yeah, know why. So I, I want bears too, just because when I don't think they're as bad as everybody thinks, you know, at least at least some national folks think think the Bears are, and I feel like like that. There's a stretch of games where I'm having trouble picking, and of course, it, it's May seventh. There's no way to be accurate with this, but there's there's a streak of games we're gonna get to where I feel like it's gonna be a rough spot. Maybe they sneak out a victory and, and really give you some optimistic feelings early on in the season. So I got the Bears, you know, starting off three and zero. Okay, three and zero Bears. Now we move to week four. The Indianapolis Colts come to Soldier Field. It's a noon game, uh, and Philip Rivers came into Soldier Field last year with the Chargers. One after Eddie Pinheiro missed the field goal. This time he'll be leading the Colts. I like what the Colts have been doing, Johns. I had them in the top ten in my uh, power rankings. I think they're actually a, a, a good team, and I think this is a tough game for the Bears. 
Definitely uh, one of their tougher er- earlier games. I-, I feel like the the Colts, just in general, are are, are viewed as like an interesting storyline or, or a team to, to interesting compare the Bears to because of the Chris Baller connection. Everybody knows he was a finalist for the Bears GM job. You know, he was probably the finalist right behind Ryan Pace for the Bears GM job, and he gets a lot of praise around the league. Got himself a new quarterback in Phillip Rivers. But I got the Bears, Adam, believe it or not, starting off 4 and 4 and 0. Tougher days ahead, but I'm starting them off 4 and 0. Wow. Uh, well, I think they lose one of these two games here, and I don't mean to skip ahead, but they got the uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming the following week, uh, week five to Soldier Field. So back-to-back tough home games here, Colts and Bucks. And uh, but I'm going to give the edge to the Bears the following week because it's a night game against the Bucks. That'll be a Thursday night game. This could be a sleepy noon game, Johns. Potentially no fans at Soldier Field. Um, of course, I guess you could say the same thing on Thursday night, but a little bit of a different thing when you, you get up and play on, at nighttime. So I'm going to say they beat the Colts, uh, and then to skip ahead to the following week, I, wait, no, I'm going to say they lose. I'm sorry. I'm losing my mind here. They lose to the Colts, Johns, but then they beat the Bucks and uh, Tom Brady the following week. Ooh, stunner on national television. See, I- I'm kind of torn on how to feel about the Buccaneers because I, I feel like... It just might be too good to be true, right? Like, of course, everybody loves Tom Brady. Everybody loves that Rob Kringowski's coming back. He's got those great receivers there. Bruce Arians is there. I don't know how good their defense is going to be, but that but that offense should be potent. I have this as the Bears' first loss. Maybe it's a dose of reality. Maybe the defense takes one on the chin a bit. You know, Tom Brady, national television. You know, the, the weather shouldn't be too inclement for, for, for him. So... Give me Brady, Gronk, all those guys. Week five victory for the visiting Buccaneers. This was a team, Johns, that still went seven and nine last year, even though the quarterback threw the threw thirty interceptions. And I think when you factor in the fumbles, had forty two <laughs> oh, all, all together. <laughs> They and still people wonder why he got that deal in, in, in New Orleans, right? Exactly. Now you add Tom Brady, who's I have a feeling will not throw 30 interceptions. May throw the 30 touchdowns. I don't know about the 30 interceptions. So I actually like a lot about what the Bucks are doing. I think the yeah, thing yeah. that people are, are overlooking is how good of a coach Bruce Arians is, too, to tie this thing all together. Right. I'm coming around to the opinion that it could be something similar to when Peyton Manning joined the Broncos, where he just had... Great receivers, Demarius Thomas, Eric Decker. You know, I know eventually he was he re, was replaced, and I know it was the defense that eventually won them a Super Bowl a few years later. But when Peyton Manning was there with Adam Gase and John Fox, I mean, they were lighting up the scoreboard. Like things were just clicking offensively. They had weapons everywhere. I see that coming to fruition. I don't know in, in the same, you know, like highlight real ways that the Broncos were scoring, but some of the same things could definitely happen down there in Tampa for Tom Brady. Yeah. All right. So I have the Bears through five weeks at three and two, and which is where they were last year, right? Three and two, I think. Uh, and then you got them at four and one, though, after a four and zero oh start. Yes. Week six, they go to Carolina. The Panthers are in full rebuild mode. I think I like what they're doing, bringing in Matt Rule. This guy's known for turning around programs. I realize they're college programs, but. Um, I, I like what the Panthers are doing, but there's too much turnover here. 
I think the Bears are a much better team than the Panthers. They go into Carolina and get that victory and prove to 4-2. and two. So I'm going to have the Bears at 5-1. and one. And this is the point in the podcast where I have to tell people I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I just think the schedule shakes out for them favorably. I think the tougher stretch is about to hit. I don't know if they're going to be a playoff-bound team. They need a few things to happen for them offensively. But I do know their defense is going to keep them in every single game, every single week, especially if they stay healthy. Give me the Bears in this one. Let's go through this tough stretch. Oh, man, we just both need a cheeseburger. I feel like I should be hitting the drops like we do when we pick games. This is the first time we pick games since the season ended. Let's get it going. <laughs> uh, all right, five and one, four and two. That's where we got the Bears here through six weeks. Uh, back-to-back road games here. Cross-country now. They go from Carolina uh, all the way to, to Los Angeles. So this uh, last year... The Bears went to Los Angeles, Johns. I would say they had at least 40% of the stadium filled with Bears fans. Would you say more? Yeah, yeah. I you know, I want to say it's going to be the same this year, but the, it's, it's going to be unpredictable. It's, yeah, but it's going to be unpredictable with the travel as well yeah. because of the pandemic. Maybe some people want to travel, but they just can't you know, bring themselves to do it or they just won't be allowed to by, by state laws. A lot yeah. of those are local fans, though. It's true. It's true. There are, you know, there there are a lot of you know Bears fans in Southern California. Um, I don't think the Rams are going to be very good. I just think this is a tricky place to to win. It's last year's game. It was just different, right? Maybe just left a bad taste in my mouth because I still firmly believe that Matt Aggie, you know, sent the Mitchell to to risk by pulling him out of the game. Um, I got the Rams winning this one. So this is so whether they're now five and two for me, lost for the the Bears here five and two five and two overall. Uh, I think you might need to check your math. No, no, five and two. I'm sorry, I'm not. You check your thinking. math and hit that button with John well, Fox, the math please. Major, I wasn't yeah. actually, but there you go. Wow, that was that was a low moment for me in my podcasting career. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bears. I think they go out there to Los Angeles and win this game. Monday Night Football, um, the Rams obviously won this game last year. Bears played awful that entire game. You had the whole controversy about Mitch getting pulled. Was he benched? Was he not? Um, In the end, though, I think the, the Rams are a worse team than they were last year. I think they're going the wrong direction. I still think... The Jalen Ramsey trade made no sense. They don't have the cap space. They still have to extend him. Um, so I think the Rams go in the opposite direction this season. And I'm going to have the Bears winning this game. So I think that puts me at 5-2 and two as well. Synergy. Siesta. There you go. All right. Saints, again, just like last year, the Saints come to Chicago. 3-25 game. This one did not go well for the Bears last year. They were... Beaten soundly. Do you see it going differently this year? Uh, I, I don't know if they're going to be beat soundly. They're going to be beaten, though. The Saints are the, clearly the, the more superior team. Here, here's my question for you, Adam. So now we're in week eight of the season. We had last year Teddy Bridgewater against Mitch Trubisky. Who is the starting quarterback for the Bears in this game? Because I think it's going to be intriguing, especially if Nick Foles falters early or Mr. Trubisky happens to win it. Like at this point in the season, you're going to have some type of quarterback controversy. That, that's my that's my prediction um, at this midpoint in the season. 
Well, I guess I have them coming off of two wins, and um, you have them coming off to a loss where Trubisky may or may not have been benched last year in Los Angeles. So uh, I guess it it depends on who I guess you the better, think, think is... I think the... Okay, sorry. Maybe the better question is who's starting a quarterback after this game? Yeah. Yeah, because if you're thinking they're going to lose... I guess I'll just say by this point in the season, there's a good chance that Nick Foles has played some football. Yes. Right? Yes. Maybe yeah, a lot. I, I would agree, and I agree. I agree that this is a loss for the Bears too. So five and three halfway through the deal, um, sort of what you'd expect, I guess, for a team that's kind of, in my opinion, a fringe playoff team can win the North. Um, but you thought that this was a relatively easy start to the schedule, and yet five and three with an easy schedule is not great, right? Yeah, yeah. Wait, you say not great or great? I, I think most Bears fans would take five and three. But you said, yeah, maybe. But that still, you know, if you do that both halves of the season, you're only ten and six. That doesn't guarantee you anything. And no, you thought no, the no. and you thought the schedule was easy to begin with. Early, I, I mean. Yes, yes, I, I did. But I, I think if you're at, if you're over five hundred at this point in the season, I think it's called a major victory. I, I think fans can start feeling better. About what's at a foot for for their football team. I, I really do feel that way. All right. Well, an opportunity for two wins maybe going into the bye week, which is week eleven. So we'll jump ahead to week nine. This is at Tennessee. Again, with the fan angle, this was a place where a couple. Of years, I guess it would have been a while ago now, twenty twelve. Uh, the Bears went in there and drank that place dry, John. <laughs> well, not the Bears. <laughs> You yeah, know. the players. The players went in there. Yes, they, yes, yes. You know, I, I would say you know the coaches are out there hitting it hard, but that was Mark Tressman's staff. You know, was, you was know. it not? So definitely, um, at least not some of them. I don't want to name names about others, but yes, um, I'm sure Chicago would love to drink that town dry again. I'm sure those Broadway bars would love to load up on Miller Light and Bud Light. All they could, all those Midwest beers they could sell um i hope they can let's put it that way like i I hope that's what we're talking about after that game again where chicago was there maybe it's celebratory or not but just to have some sense of football normalcy would be great as for on the field i feel like the bears should win this game i feel like they can especially if all their fans are there I feel like the Titans are ready for a letdown year after how exciting they were last year. But there's something about this game. I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. It's weird to have that feeling on May 7th. Maybe it's because there's a big division game next after this one. Maybe it's a kind of a letdown game. Give me the Titans at home, you know, in front of a lot of drunk Bears fans. I believe that is a three-game losing streak. You have them on now. Correct. So that's uh, not a good spot in the middle of the season. I'm going to take the Bears beating the Titans here. Uh, I think the Titans are set to sort of regress this year. I just can't imagine Ryan Tannehill repeats that magic that he had last season. And uh, I think that this is, you know, just a it's a noon game in Nashville. Bears win. So I'm going to take them winning this game. And uh, so you got them then at five and four at this point. Which means I have them at six and three, so that changed quickly. Yes, 
I'd All like those to things. Say I said, hands on more balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Save that one for later, Adam. Yeah, I will. I will. All right, Week Ten: Bears, Vikings, Monday Night Football. These games are just permanently going to be a Monday Night Football going forward. I think. Um, what do you think here at home? Kirk Cousins, Monday Night Football, Bears win. <laughs> pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty simple. Um, I guess I'm going Bears there too. So all of a sudden, I got them at seven three. And I'm at all right. And I'm at what six and four? Yes. Which you are probably okay with at six and four. Seven and three would be better, but I agree. I mean, Kirk Cousins coming into Soldier Field, we've seen how that plays out, uh, especially on Monday Night Football. Not sure who the quarterback is for the Bears, but I do think that they win the game at that point. All right, we uh, need to tell you about uh, a sponsor here that we're really excited to bring on board the Hogan Johns podcast. Uh, If you're bored in the house, bored in the house, bored, why not spend some time on yourself? Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure you're well-groomed above and below the belt. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving thanks to their Lawn Mower 3.0. You know what I love about this, Adam? Is we all have extra time on our hands during this pandemic. And I don't know about you, but I've been taking extra long showers. I'm sure my water bill is going up. So apparently we have something else to do now in in the near future. And John's the uh, new and improved lawnmower 3.0 waterproof. It's the cordless body trimmer and uh, has a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. Let me give you a couple lines. So this is some one-liners here, right? It's the precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. How do you like that, my friend? Uh, I. This package just continues to grow and grow, Joe. Yeah. It's uh, it'll it'll work. <laughs> uh, get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code the athletic. That's the code the athletic at manscape.com. That's twenty percent off with free shipping at manscape.com. And again, use the code the athletic for a limited time. Subscribers get not one but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, that's a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use code THEATHLETIC. All right, continuing on with the Bears' schedule. I guess some optimism so far, though there could be some drama in the bye week if the Bears are just at 6-4 and four like Johns has them. Week 12... At Green Bay. Well, returning to those night games in Green Bay. Had the rare day game last year at Lambeau Field. This is a Sunday night football matchup after Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving weekend, the Sunday nighter. Hey, the Bears don't play on Thanksgiving this year, Johns. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Um, Yes. Although, you know, that Green Bay, or Green Bay, Green Bay actually does have a good Thanksgiving dinner in their press box. The the one that served as lunch in Detroit isn't that bad, to be honest with you. Pretty tasty. Oh, it's, yeah. I mean, it's better than the steak and shake that we've it's had. It's better than the hot dogs that, it, you know, certain coaches think we get all the time in our press boxes. 
Anyway, speaking of cheese, curds, and press boxes, th- this is a loss for the Bears, in my opinion. I don't even I don't even think the Bears are going to be that good. It's just going to be one of those hard-fought, prototypical NFC North games. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers for a few moments. Like I, I even think he's regressing in certain in certain ways. I know you and I have talked about that at length. I think the Packers actually in drafting, you know, their their next quarterback have seen that as well. So it's a loss. It's close. But I feel like Aaron Rodgers will give them a, a few extra plays to cheer about more so than than the Bears fans that trek north. Yeah, I'm struggling with this one because I am I am definitely of those who think the Packers are going to regress this year and the Bears are going to be better. Um, so that would tell you that the Bears should go in there and have a good chance to win. But I don't know. I At some point, you just got to kind of ride with the history and what will probably happen here. It is a Sunday night game. Uh, who knows what the fan involvement is going to be, but it's a tough place to play. So I guess at this point, we're just making those predictions as if there will be fans. But I, I'm going to go with the Packers here, too. I just think it's tough uh, to to uh, pick the Bears in that situation. So we both have them down with losses. So you got them at 6-5. and five After that hot start, a little dose of you know realistic expectations. Here. Again, I don't think they're the worst football team in the, in the league. I don't think they're the best football team in the league. I think their defense... We'll keep things close, and this is why, in my opinion, they're six and five. That puts them in the hunt. Hashtag in the hunt. I in believe, the hunt. Uh, I have them at seven four at this, that point, which I believe would be based on what I think the rest of the NFC North is going to do. Still towards the top, if not at the top of the division at that point of the season, uh, but still a loss nonetheless. So now week three. This is where. Uh, Bears are in the stretch of three straight NFC North games with the bye week in the middle. Um, but week 13, they get the Lions at home. This would be the first weekend in December, assuming the schedule gets played how it's set up. So a noon game at home against the Lions. My prediction at this point is how much the the narrative in Detroit is about firing Matt Patricia, maybe firing Bob Quinn. I don't know if that situation is tenable. You know, you just follow the headlines and hear what you you you, you hear from other reporters around the league. I don't know what's gonna gonna happen there in the future. I, I really don't. I th- I think they are fully in, in win now mode after two disappointing years. It's a win for the Bears. I, I think they're just a, a superior team. I think the defense um, obviously carries them. I, I've said them. Uh, I've talked about them enough. I think in this podcast already. But maybe this is when you see the offense, you know, come alive a little bit and stick at the Matt Patricia's uh, defense a little bit as well. Yeah. Again, uh, going with history here, the Bears have just been beaten up on the Lions at home. Uh, I think that continues here. I think the Bears are a better team than the Lions, and so at Soldier Field. Uh, they get the the job done against Detroit. All right, so two words, Aaron Rodgers. Um, Hall of Fame. Two words. That drop would have made more sense before a Packer game, but instead we're going to talk about maybe a it's an oldie but a goodie, a different uh, future Hall of Famer in Deshaun Watson, which should make you all feel really good. Which I don't necessarily actually believe, but I believe that horse is. I believe that horse is dead, Adam. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. The Houston Texans. <laughs> um, here's another narrative I, I just want to throw out there. 
Mr. Bill O'Brien going crazy and trading Deshaun Watson's best weapon, best receiver in the game. Makes highlight reel catches every single week for your young quarterback. What is life going to be like for Deshaun Watson without that game? And I'm serious about this because you know how much I've talked about the Bears need the receivers to make plays for the quarterback? Like this guy, DeAndre Hopkins, made play after play after play. Like catching balls behind his back, between his legs. I'm not exaggerating either. He made those types of catches for Deshaun Watson. I'm interested to see what life is going to be like for him without him. I still think he's an outstanding football player, but, you know, they need help. They, these these quarterbacks, they need a lot of help. So um, what's the, the narrative there? Has Bill O'Brien screwed things up? I, I'm still a believer in Deshaun Watson, so I'm taking the Texans. But I just want to throw that out there. Like, how how do things change now after that trade and, and all the – the stuff Bill O'Brien has done to change thing with, with change things within the organization. Yeah, it, 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 Bill O'Brien is maddening to me because I, I still like him as a coach. I mean, I know he hasn't been able to go take that team too far, but they still win a lot of games. They go to the playoffs every year. That's hard to do in the NFL. And so he, he obviously knows what he's doing as a coach to a certain standpoint, but the moves as a general manager have just been bizarre. The DeAndre Hopkins trade was bizarre. Um, and I, I think the Texans fall back to earth a little bit this year. I think they don't make the playoffs. I, I, I um, And I think, you know, to your point, there's going to be a lot of angst in mid-December when these two teams get together at Soldier Field. So I'm going to go with the Bears here again uh, winning this game. So now I'm Vikings. losing my math. Vikings. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, how I, do you have your math set up here? So how many games is that? 13? I think I have them at 9 and 4 at that point. Ooh. ooh. I got them with 7 wins right now. Yeah. Did you really? Mm-hmm. I again, the math here is it's it's really hard. Okay. It's really not that hard, but uh anyway, week uh week 15 Bears go to Minnesota. Not week 17, Adam Johns. Still December. I don't know why the NFL forces us to go to Minnesota in December every year, but they do. It's a beautiful place in September. December, a little different. Part of me is actually thankful that it's not the last week of the season because maybe we'll get a reprieve and it's not as cold two weeks earlier. This is a loss for the Bears. Again, narrative watching. Can Kirk Cousins carry this team? Can't do it on Monday Night Football earlier in this year, but maybe at home, maybe with a more favorable crowd, maybe with you know a, a young up-and-coming roster, you know, after some maneuvering that they've done in the offseason, maybe starts taking over. They're still a pretty good team. I see a lot of question marks. You know, they are a team that's trying to win while rebuilding. It's where the Vikings are. On the road, give me the Vikings in this one. They win at home. Yeah, I got the Vikings winning too. I think that the, the Vikings are going to be a tough team. They did enough in the draft. Um to, I really like their draft. Of course, they had 15 picks, but uh, I, I just think they're going to be a year away from being real contenders again. I think they take somewhat of a step back, but they're still going to be a really hard team to beat, especially in Minneapolis. So I got the Vikings winning this one against the Bears. Then week 16, the Bears go to Jacksonville. How about that for a Christmas trip to uh, Florida? Yeah, yeah, not exactly Marco Island or... Siesta Key or the Florida Keys or even Miami. Um, lovely Jacksonville. Um, win for the Bears. 
<laughs> yeah, I think the Jaguars are awful. I think the Bears win that game. Uh, and then week 17, the Packers. <laughs> that was the best analysis we could give you, everybody. I mean, they were. I had them dead last in my power rankings. They're, yes, they stink. Uh, look, Gardner Minshew, great story. Tank for Trevor Lawrence. That's what they should be doing. Doug Marone, I just cannot imagine he's the coach after the season. Tank, get Trevor Lawrence, get a new coach. You're set up in much better shape in Jacksonville then. But week 16, 2020, Bears all the way. Uh, Love the week 17 matchup against the Packers at Soldier Field. Didn't go well the last time this happened, Johns. Um, Nope. With the division on the line and Randall Cobb running wide open on people. Um, How about this time around, though? I have more faith in Matt Nagy to keep his team afloat than a Mark Tressman. I think that there could be some playoff scenarios at stake here. Like maybe the Bears have an outsider's chance right now. So like the Bears are are going for their ninth win, at least in my addition and subtraction here. Uh, They're going for their ninth win. I don't think it's a guaranteed playoff, you know, route, but maybe it's, you get this win and a couple other things happen and you're in the playoffs. So I think there could be a lot to play for for the Bears at this point. I think they're going to want to send their fans you know, off feeling good anyway. It's the Packers, easy to get up for. Give me the Bears at home in this one. Absolutely. Bears, Bears. Yeah, well, if I'm going with the narrative that the Packers are going to be worse and the Bears are going to be better, it's one thing to say they're going to lose in Green Bay in Week 12, but I don't know how I could come come back around and say that the uh, Packers would win at Soldier Field, um, especially because I'm not entirely sure the Packers will be even playing for a wild card bid at that point. Maybe, maybe. So I'm going to have the Bears winning this game at home. And uh, if my math is correct, I think that gives me it puts them at 11 and five. <laughs> you went out and did it again, my friend. Well, it's not 13-3 Super Bowl, but it's 11 and five. So let me just double check here. I had them losing to the Lions in week one. I had them losing to the Colts in week four. I had them losing to the Saints in week eight. And then I had them losing to the Packers in week 12. And then to the Vikings. Yeah, that's only five losses. Look at you. Look at you. What were your seven losses again? Oh, do I really have to go through this? Okay, here we go. My seven losses are the Bucks. Okay. The Rams. The Saints. The Titans. There's a three little three game losing streak there. That's right. The Packers, the Texans, and then at the Vikings. Oh, that's what I missed. You actually had them losing to the Texans. I, I you, you, you talk so much crap about Bill O'Brien. I actually blacked out when you <laughs> See, apparently but, but picked the Texans to win. But that's part of my point. And, and just to like to conclude this podcast, people like. There are so many other swirling storylines across the NFL, like teams that you may think that are definitely playoff bound could be complete catastrophes, right? Like, I don't think the Bears are as bad as people are saying. Their defense definitely is is going to be one of the, the better ones in the league. If you get decent production from your offense, and I know we've heard this storyline before. I get it. It's, it's the same storyline over and over and over again for the Bears. But if that offense improves... I don't know. They don't even have to be a top 10 unit. If they're just like a top 16 unit, like if they're the 16th best offense and they can score off some turnovers, that's really all you need, you know, to, to have a playoff run here. You know, the, the, the history does show 
that good defenses can get you into the playoffs. Now you may need a quarterback at that point, but the Bears will be in every single game if that defense stays healthy. You know, if the Bears are middle of pack in offense with what their defense I think still is and will be, then I don't think 11 and 5 is actually out of the question. Um, but let me also say that predicting the schedule in May, and usually we do this in April because the schedule comes out even earlier, uh, it's, it's insane to do. It's fun to do. I'm glad we did, did it. I'm glad you listened to this point in the podcast. But, you know, come on. Every single week in, in the NFL, this, everything changes. Everything flip-flops every single week. So um, a lot of this is projection. But I guess I would say you, I said 11-5, and five, which is probably too optimistic. You said 9-7. and seven probably a little bit more realistic but I think averaging those two out and calling this a, a 10 and 6 team is co- at this point is completely reasonable again there's a lot of things within this division that Bears fans should actually like again mm-hmm. there are some rebuilding efforts going uh, going re- really like you count Green Bay you know when you make a move for a quarterback like that that signals a rebuild around the corner right if you got all those starters leaving Minnesota you got to rebuild going on up there in Minnesota. And, you know, Detroit's been rebuilding since, I don't know, 1954. But, like, you just have... There's reasons for optimism if the Bears' defense stays healthy. And I don't think we're overselling this, Adam, but by any means. If that Bears' defense stays healthy, they should be the best defense within that division. And that that could take you to that divisional crown. I mean it. Yeah, it absolutely could. By the way, only one scheduled Sunday night football game. We know how much they like the Bears on Sunday night football. Uh, that, to me, points to potential flex options, potentially maybe against the Texans in Week 14, the Vikings in Week 15, uh, or certainly if anything's on the line against the Packers in Week 17, that very well could be uh, the game that gets moved to Sunday night football too. So on the schedule for uh, Sunday night game. Uh, so, uh, sorry, four primetime games at this point. Uh, unless I'm wrong, no holiday games, which is amazing. Didn't we have a year where we had like four holiday games? It was like Halloween, yeah, Thanksgiving, yeah, Christmas yeah. Eve. So there's no travel on Halloween. Great for the kids. We leave the day after Christmas for lovely Jacksonville. That's a good. That's good, and no Thanksgiving game. So in terms of family time and holiday time. We made out, my friend. Yeah, and then uh, hopefully we knock on wood right now because um, there is a pandemic going on that could blow all this out of the water, and maybe there'll be 17 different holiday games, depending on how the schedule works out. Oof. We don't really know. We probably just jinxed it. Uh, hope everyone is doing safe at home, though. It is nice to have a schedule to come out talk about. Thank you to the NFL for... <laughs> giving us things to discuss and uh, I like the schedule did you get your room uh, near Green Bay booked yet? yeah I am actually completely booked for the season hotel wise oh wow I'm a pro's pro yeah not my first year in the beat no the Nashville rates were insane though already I don't know what they're doing there oh it's Nashville yeah but there's nobody who's staying in hotels right now what are they jacking up prices for? What are you doing? Yeah, I know. I, 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 you know, I do feel like maybe that Marriott's do get a, a tip on when the schedule's yeah, coming out. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah, but Nashville's gotten expensive. Yeah, Nash Vegas. Um, that's a two-night trip. For sure. 
All right, uh, yep. we're out of here. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. We have reaction to the schedule up. Johns is up at The Athletic. Plenty of content there. You should be subscribed. Theathletic.com slash Hogue and Johns. And my stuff is up at NBCSportsChicago.com. You can find my column on the schedule there. We will talk to you next week. We win this game tonight. Adam Hall will be rhetorically dancing in the verbiage. Two outs. Here's Luke Voigt pinch batting.